Hello, everyone. I have the privilege of introducing you to Sister Michael Marie Roddinghouse, and she's in the middle of the USA in Nebraska, and she's with the Missionary Benedictine Sisters. So, Sister, can you please share a little bit with how you started doing missionary work? Well, missionary work has been a part of my life. I born into a family where my mother came from Germany and my father, well, he was of German ancestry and they kind of brought the Catholic religion to me. And so I was a child of unintended missionaries, but they brought the Catholic faith to me. And I think probably that influenced my eagerness or thoughts toward international missionaries because missionaries are all around us. Anyone who shares their faith with a smile or a compliment or a, a word of love are missionaries because we are bringing God's love to each other. And that's what missionaries do. Hmm. And so I've just been interested in mission life. I had some cousin sisters who were Franciscan missionaries, and that interested me. But I didn't exactly want to go to the Franciscans. So I was taught by Benedictines. I was attracted to that style of life. But I have an older blood sister who also wanted to be a missionary and a Benedictine, and she found this place for me. I mean, she didn't find it for me, but she found it first. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to go there. And how long have you been in, in Nebraska at this particular, as we talked earlier, you said monastery. Yes. So you're in a monastery, yes. but how, how long have you been in the monastery? But you're not cloistered. So no. I want to make sure it's clear for everybody. Yeah. Yes. The missionary should make it clear. We're missionary Benedictine sisters in Norfolk, Nebraska. And I've been here since 1963. You'll have to do the <laughs> addition or subtraction. I don't know which. <laughs> You've been with the Benedictine sisters since 1963 yes. at this location. And can you share with a little bit about what your missionary work entails? Well, it depends on where I have been and what it entails because I I wanted to come to this community because I wanted to go to foreign missions. However, for the first 25 years of my life as a missionary Benedictine, I spent my time here in the United States in working in healthcare. I'm a registered x-ray technologist and so I worked in hospitals for the first part of my life in, as a sister. But then our congregation, which is worldwide, was looking to start a mission in China. And so I was one of those selected to join four other sisters to go to China and start a mission with 
the Chinese in helping them to improve their medical facilities. That's how I got to China. So it was in, it was an invite from the government, but we of course wanted to bring our own Catholic faith to the people that we were serving, which we did. And I'm very pleased about that because when we arrived in the city where we worked, there was no Catholic church. We had to travel like 40 minutes to get to the church that we could attend weekly mass. And so an old retired priest, he purchased a medical a Chinese medicine hospital, but it was just like two single story buildings. And then he started saying mass there. So we joined them. But before that, as we were shopping in this in the city, people would start to come out of the woodwork and they'd say, I'm a Catholic. And so the church started to build up. We got the Catholics together and then they were able to get other folks interested and knowledgeable that there was a priest there and there was a Catholics there and they knew we were sisters and so they were very eager to have a church there. It took some years to go through the bureaucracy of the Chinese government to be allowed to have religious activity in that place. And we finally did get the approval, but we weren't what they say underground Catholic, we were official. And the official Catholic church in China is also in conjunction with the Vatican. And so the priests who served us were approved by the Vatican. They were honest priests. And so I think that probably is one of the my biggest joys that I've had in missionary work, knowing that we have helped that one location to have a Catholic church and to bring the Catholic faith again to that population. That is amazing, sister. Unbelievable. So you were able to plant a church. We helped to plant a church, yes. <laughs> True missionary work, as they say, right? Yeah. True missionary work. Do you know offhand how they're doing today? Is there still a church there? Yes, there's still a church, and now it's a cathedral, you might say, because this is a <laughs> it's a problem. Well, I don't know if it's a problem, but a development company came in and wanted the land where the church was standing. We helped them build a new church also, but it was a nice little church and I was sorry to see it go, but they wanted that land. But in place of that, they built a brand new church for the Catholic community. It's a cathedral. <laughs> oh my goodness. They also built the residence for the priest and also enough space where people could 
come and stay overnight or whatever, like on bigger feasts, the Chinese usually came in mass <laughs> to come to celebrate. When they couldn't come every Sunday, they made sure they came for big feast days. You were able to spread the word of God to an area which, again, so many want to see, you know, China converted to the Christian faith. What a tremendous joy, as you shared. But then how many years were you in China? I was there for 15 years. But our main work was to work with the hospital and the directors of the hospital and the, the doctors and nurses and to try to help them with medical like one of our sisters, she was an RN and she was teaching them how to do CPR. The nurses there didn't know how to do CPR. And she was teaching them different methods of cardiac care, different methods of wound care and so on and so forth. But it was good too that we could combine Western and Chinese medicine also. We had a sister who was a pharmacist and she was combining the two uh, types of medicine. And we had a sister who was a physical therapist and she was learning acupuncture and she, she was also teaching the Western method of rehabilitation. In fact, she had a young child who was six years old who could not walk at all. He could barely turn over. And she spent much time on him, and he ended up being able to walk and talk. Sister, I'm, I'm getting choked up, just you sharing. This is amazing, mm -hmm. the, the work that you did. What, what was the circumstances around leaving? The circumstances around leaving is that in our congregation, the individual monasteries, they elect their leadership. And... Apparently, they thought I could be a good leader for the monastery in Kenya. So they elected wow. me to be their prioress. So for our listeners, a prioress is the mother superior for that particular area. Right. Sister taught me this last time we talked. So <laughs> I'm learning more about the Benedictines. So the missionary Benedictines sent you to Africa. Right. As I was elected, and so there I... I could say yes or no, but I chose to say yes because I had to struggle a little bit with that one. Because <laughs> I was contacted by our mother general who lives in Rome and with her council. And she said, would you be willing to have your name on the list to be potentially elected? And I first said, no. I said, I'd rather not. I didn't say no. I said, I'd rather not. And I said, I took this to prayer and I wrote down all the things that was positive for going and all the things that were negative in uh, why I should stay in China. And then she said, send me that list. <laughs> I sent the list and she says, it seems like it's a heavier spiritual weight for you to go to Kenya instead of staying in China. So I said, okay, it's up to the spirit. If they elect me, okay. If, if they don't elect me, okay. Well, 
it was quite interesting because we were taking a day of prayer and there were some words on my wall that somehow they just related to I was reading them and I got a phone call saying that you were elected and the, the words on the wall just kind of <laughs> affirmed that for me. Left China and flew to Kenya. So you left 15 years of a mission field, but in that time you established a church. Mm. And then because of your good efforts, as well as trusting in the Lord. You just said, Lord, this is your will. And boom, you go to Africa. Mm -hmm. So let me get something straight here. You, you gave up unlimited Chinese food. Are you serious? And now you're going to a completely different environment. But the, the million dollar question is, what was written on the wall? Oh, that was very powerful for me because at that time I was having a day of recollection and this is what I was reading. And it was call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you things great beyond reach of your knowledge. And this is what really struck me today. I, today, I put on God's strength to steer me, God's power to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me. And just then, the telephone rang, and it was our mother general telling me that I had been elected to be the new prioress of our priory in Nairobi, Kenya. And it was just like that saying was confirming for me that this was really the will of God. Because up and until you, that time, I was a little bit shaky on that. <laughs> and the other thing too, sisters, you just felt a tremendous peace of heart that you felt this was the Lord's will. Yes. And no regrets. No regrets. No. Mm. The Lord was leading, and so there's no regrets. The Lord is leading, so there's no regrets. May we all learn from that phrase, huh, sister? Yeah. How was your adjustment to Africa? Well, I think it was just fine. I think I'm kind of unusual because <laughs> I adjust easily to different circumstances. I don't know why. I think I'm kind of unusual. <laughs> But I, I have said to myself, if I'm at home in my own person, I can be at home any place. And so that's how I deal with life. And so I found joy and happiness working with my sisters and um, the people in Africa. So, yeah. <laughs> And, and what was your hardest adjustment switching over from China to Africa? I would say the hardest adjustment was wanting to speak the language, but it wasn't coming. It, the Chinese kept interrupting my thought pattern. And so 
I didn't really learn the language and I felt bad about that being mm. there for eight years. And, but part of the challenge was to be in charge right away like that and not having really devoted time to learn the language. But either way, you were doing missionary work, and can you share with me the joy that you felt in Africa? Oh, uh, in contrast to China, it was just like an overwhelming joy because the Christian faith was openly and carefree expressed, even on their matatus, which was their little buses. They would have all kinds of religious sayings painted on their buses. And it was easy to express something about Jesus, something about the life, a spiritual life or religion of a big contrast between China. You didn't do that. <laughs> there wasn't anything like that happening in China. So that was, that was a... I appreciated that very much. You know, that might be a good segue to the Sunday readings that we had talked a little about. And, you know, so sister, if the solemnity of the most holy trinity mm -hmm. and, th and throughout the whole time, what's wonderful talking to you is that you have so, so much faith in the Holy Spirit and just trusting in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about that and how it relates to the readings today of, it's in reference to John 3, 16, you know, for God, yeah. for God so loved the world that he, he gave, gave his only, be, only begotten son. So mm -hmm. whoever believeth in him should not perish. Can you share a little bit about the, the gospel reading and in particular about how that has influenced you over your years as being a missionary? Yes, because, you know, Jesus said to uh, Philip, he says, if you know me, you know the father. And that just consolidates my faith because the whole scripture is pointing to Jesus Christ, who is the image of God the Father. I mean, if you see Jesus, if you know Jesus, then, then you're wrapped into the Trinity because he is with the Father and he is with the Spirit. If you know Jesus, you know the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And you know what God is like. And in other places, it says God is love. And whenever you express any kind of love, you are entering into that life of the Spirit, that life of the Trinity. Because there's, I mean, there's nothing else. <laughs> You know, I was I was talking to her earlier today, and I said, I was joking around with sister about, well, they won't see you and stuff like that. But I wish the listeners could see you because you could just see the joy of Christ in your in your smile and in your heart. It's so wonderful to see, sister. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing. So, I know I have to ask this question, and that is, you were in Africa, and now you're in Nebraska. How did you go from Africa to Nebraska, so the listeners know? Well, I served eight years as the prioress of 
the community there in Africa. And knowing the situation of religious life here in the United States, I felt I needed to come back and be a support with my sisters here. So you, so you ended up back in Nebraska, where mm -hmm. you started, right? Right. And I think you shared with me before, there's about 30 sisters there, yes? Or that, is that? There's 35. Actually, we lost one just the other day. She's oh. been wanting to go to her heavenly home for months and years. And so she finally, she finally made it. So... So one thing also you also taught me was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the number of Benedictine sisters is 1,300. You said about 1,300 across the world. Mm -hmm. Of okay. the missionary but, Benedictine sisters. I'm sorry, the missionary Benedictine sisters. Yeah. So could you please share a little bit with our listeners? What's the difference between a missionary Benedictine sister and a Benedictine sister? But you say it better. <laughs> okay. The... Benedictine life, we commit ourselves to the vow of stability. And this means that we will stay with this community of women for my whole life. However, there was our founder, who was Andreas Amrein in the late 1800s, he felt that Benedictines should be missionary and they should be sent out. And so he had this concept that we would form communities in different places. And from there, we would spread the gospel. And so for us, our vow of stability is to the congregation. So we can be sent any place where our houses are throughout the world. Whereas a Benedictine who is committed to this Benedictine monastery, that monastery is autonomous. And so the sisters are affiliated with that monastery their whole life. If they choose, if they desire, or if they feel called to another Benedictine community, then they have to transfer that vow of stability. So it's different because they can't just go from one Benedictine house to another. Okay. Whereas we, in our congregation, we can go to Rome, we can go to Italy, we can go to Africa, we can go to Korea, the Philippines, to Brazil. To, I mean, we can go to wherever we have our houses, China. <laughs> so when you guys want to do a road trip, you can really do a road trip. Yep. <laughs> you joined the convent to see the world. I'm not sure our listeners would have thought that before, but thank you. That's that's really good. One thing I had to comment on is, again, and Sister was gracious enough to share with me several pictures, which will be in the show notes, as well as how to contribute to the missionary Benedictines. But one picture, uh, to my surprise, you're talking to the Pope. Because I, I have a feeling that our listeners will be asking that, how come you're talking to the Pope? And what was that like? <laughs> that was very joyful, very, <laughs> very lovely. In Kenya, when Pope Francis visited in 2014, at that time, I had been elected to be the 
coordinator, the president, the administrator of the Sisterhood of Kenya. That involves 150 different religious communities. And they elected me to be the president of that association. It's called AOSK. So because of that position, I was the one that was to present to Pope Francis something about the sisterhoods of Kenya. So that's what I did. I had my speech ready and I gave him, gave him the speech and then I handed it to him and gave him a pox. And that was, if you want to see it, you can go to YouTube and say, <laughs> Pope in Kenya. And, <laughs> and then anyway. they can see that. Uh, what an opportunity also to share the mm. whole situation in mm -hmm. Kenya. And, and so uh, the other thing too is, if I may go back to one other thing too, you shared about how you felt like there was a need to come back to the States. So in many ways, the States is the mission field. Yes. I guess I should be saying yes instead of shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the mission field. And that's how come you shared with me earlier too, that several sisters have come from overseas to do missionary work in the States. Right. Mm-hmm. Right now we have four sisters from Africa. We have three sisters from Korea. And we we did have two sisters from the Philippines, but presently we just have one because the other one went on mission to Germany. <laughs> wow. Well, they do get to travel. That's wonderful. And as again, we're, we're so concerned about the state of affairs in the States. Mm -hmm. you know, especially with so many people confused. And there was a mm -hmm. recent article about the epidemic of loneliness, how they can learn so much from you and, and the sisters. Mm -hmm. uh, before I let you go, sister, and again, you've been wonderful. Is there any advice you have for our listeners or anything that you want to just share about the mission field that I haven't touched on? I guess I want to say, if you have been baptized in the Lord, you are sent to proclaim that baptism, not just the baptism. Everybody is a missionary if you are baptized in the Lord. And to take that seriously, if it's in your household, how do you share Jesus in your communities? How do you invite people to come to know Jesus? In your business, are you strong enough or ready enough to say, you know, I'm a Catholic and I believe in Jesus Christ. I mean, you don't go out pushing it on anybody, but when there's an opportunity, you take it and say, you know, I think if you would know Jesus, some things in your life would be a lot better. <laughs> it's true. You know, Jesus says, I'll be there for you. I am there for you. I love you. And if you don't have anybody else to love you, Jesus loves you. And believe it, because it's true. Mm. Wow, wonderful words of wisdom, sister. You know what? I, the only thing sad is that I can't reach out and just give you a big hug because you're so <laughs> fun to talk to. And, and, you know, again, it's wonderful seeing the Holy Spirit in you. Thank you so much, sister, for sharing 
And we really appreciate all the work that missionary Benedictines uh, do. We'll have, again, in the show notes, pictures that you shared, as well as how to donate to the missionary Benedictines. And you guys are a large group. So hopefully uh, by this podcast, even more will enter into the mission field with you. Well, thank you very much for allowing me this time. Thank you again, sister. We just really appreciate all of your efforts and all that you're doing in the mission field. God bless. God bless you too. And whoever's listening. Again, let us go forth and spread the good news. Amen. (laughs) Go Forth is a service of the United States Catholic Mission Association, funded in part by the Catholic Communications Campaign. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite listening platform. We'd love to earn five stars from you, so be sure to leave a review. Visit uscatholicmission.org forward slash go forth for scripture commentaries, show notes, and Mission Cafe details. Check out the show notes for pictures and links about our witnesses' mission. Our music is Go Out, Go Out by Curtis Stefan, used by license with OCP. Wherever you live and whatever you do, God has a mission just for you. Come back next week to meet another missionary disciple sharing God's love through their life and witness. Amen. Steadfast is his kindness toward us.